0: hello and welcome to a galaxy far far away uh on earth it's the higher public it's a podcast spinoff of rogue padron where danny talks to fellow rogue padron co-hosts about the higher public except when they can't be bothered to read the content that danny (laughs) finds other people (laughs) and today i'm very excited to have two uh newbie rogue pod guests which is always fun um we have with us oh wait no i totally messed that up i i am my name is Danny. That's how introductions work. I am the Supreme Galactic Chancellor. What's her title? Lena So. uh Supreme Chancellor. Supreme Chancellor Danny. Uh I have I have two guests who clearly have decided that they can't talk until they've been introduced. Means, can I just get to monologue for as long as I can here? <laughs> and joining me today, uh, we have first up Reith Silas's personal Jacosta Year Decimal System Interpreter chris worms oh i can finally speak (laughs) thank god (laughs) the mute button has been turned off and star wars universe digital archivist and anti-due date activist and slash or just a fucking bounty hunter it's wesley
1: hey i can talk
0: (laughs) hello welcome to the higher public
2: the boneyard looks a lot different in this era
0: the i tell you it rogue pod was so much better before the pandemic because a digital boneyard just is not the same as an in person boneyard like
2: you really need the sights and the smells
0: it's the smell is is really what <laughs> clinches it yeah
2: oh, how are we doing today it is good here how how are we feeling about star wars
1: for once good <gasps>
2: As long as it's got the gold box, I'm feeling good. Yeah. <laughs> that really is the thing, isn't it? It's got the gold box around it. We like, we're like we safe.
1: Yeah. Well, it's got the gold box and it's not a video game. It's not but... video game packaging.
2: <laughs> we can just hope the video game doesn't get the box.
1: We can just hope the video game doesn't get released. But okay. yeah.
2: <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. <laughs>
0: So today we are talking not about the video game. uh, For our thoughts on the video game, just go to Twitter um, and find anyone angrily tweeting about anything. And that's our thoughts on the video game. Yeah. Uh, But today we are talking about Marvel's The Higher Public, Issues 6 through 10, which are the second trade paperback, but are like two... The first half is like an extension of the first arc, and the second half kind of feels like a setup for the second arc, so if I'd been better at planning, I would have just done this in two episodes, but anyways, we're going to talk about the middle weird issues of Marvel's High Republic. (laughs) No notes, all spoilers, here's the intro music. (laughs) The galaxy is at peace, ruled by the glorious Republic, and protected by the noble and wise Jedi Knights. This is the era of the High Republic. So actually, I wanted before we jump into the comics, I wanted to ask the two of you. Um, I would describe you as completionists when it comes to at least the literary side of Star Wars. Is that fair? It's yeah,
1: mostly fair. Okay,
0: um, but definitely with High Republic, it's you seem yeah. to have been keeping up with this, the content as it's been released, right? Yeah, as and High been... Republic's
1: kind of the only thing I've been getting uh, physically as well. Sure. Oh yeah, that makes a lot of sense.
0: Yeah. Um, so, so I asked that because I've kind of been, um, going, I I focus on the books mainly. I haven't been reading these comics as they've been coming out. So to me, the comics feel really secondary, but Mm. I'm curious at having experienced them as they've been coming out in release order, like, what do you see is the role of the
2: comics in the overall sort of High Republic story that these folks are trying to tell? Mm. Wesley, I think this is your chance to talk about adventures for a little bit.
1: (laughs) Is it? I think the role is kind of different because that's really telling its own story. Mm-hmm. And I think this this does feel a little bit like it's always catching up, just out of breath, uh, with mm-hmm. with the books and stuff. It it really felt like um, I love this comic, but especially in this uh, this trade back uh some of it just feels like well we got to get this over with like this issue because. Well, next week and uh, next month, we gotta be somewhere else because we'll never get right. to the timeline that way.
0: The Republic Fair is happening in the book, and so we
2: gotta fast forward to that.
1: Yeah, in the yeah. Comic.
2: And I wonder, we're like full spoilers on Fallen Star, right? You've already done that episode. Yes, yeah, yeah. Okay. Go for it. I think I think once you get Volume Three in a couple months, yet it's gonna it'll shift the perception of the comic a lot, mm-hmm. but. I think a lot of the times reading the books, and I've seen this a lot, it's where's Avar, where's Avar? And it's, you always have to say, well, she's in the weirdly collected comic series.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it does seem like an odd place for her, given that she's, she, it's just, it's just so interesting, right? Because she was made to be the main character of this initiative Mm -hmm. by all uh, interpretations of the marketing. And, uh, but the books were made to be sort of the flagship events of the higher public, and so for her to then be in the comic is just like,
1: and and not even the confusing. main character of the comic. Yeah, right.
2: Yes, because yeah, it it so wisely focuses on Keeve and skier that Avar is again pushed aside a little bit. And I don't, I know how that sounds. Our blonde representation is out of the, <laughs> out of the spotlight, but whoever that was, they should be really happy right now. But. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I I think even I don't want to jump too far ahead because I'm sure we'll get here. But even the Republic Fair in this in this trade is like one page. You're like, oh, there was a oh, a
1: that whole was book. a thing. Yeah, I hope you read that book because we're not telling you anything. We're not no,
2: and then skipping two more books by the time issue nine begins. Yeah, yeah,
0: I think I was I think I was going through waves one and two like really staunchly believing in the uh, independence of the different mediums within this. But uh, now that I'm going back and reading the comics and also now that I've read Fallen Star, I think that that whole theory
2: has just completely collapsed. (laughs) I wonder how long, and I'm in the same boat. I wonder how long we kind of naively held on to that thinking, but you know, listening to the show, the other hosts enjoy it not having read it all. So that's true. Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Cool. So um, where, where would you rank and again, it's weird because we're kind of like to the end slash beginning of a story with these comics. Mm-hmm. But where would you rank sort of this part of the story amongst sort of the pantheon of High Republic stories that
2: we now have?
1: <sighs> hmm.
2: It might be some of the most bold in certain respects. Hmm. Because, like, for example, Kevin knows what we think about the Trennis name. And then Kevin's like, what if the Trenus we knew was a Nile?"
1: Oh, yeah, that was, like, so nerve-wracking to be going through live. Yeah. Like, that that cover just dropped, and we were like, what the hell is going on here? Because, <laughs> like, I, I know he's not going to have her go dark in, like, eight issues, but it's it, it's got to be, like, a step towards the dark side, right? And then mm-hmm. he, he kind of flips it on its head again.
0: And and when you say the Tredis name, you're referring to the fact that she is... Or someone named Trannis is identified. Is it in? Is it in Dooku? Yeah, as one Dooku. of the fallen Jedi.
2: Yeah, and you can, can almost Jocasta hear new statues. Yeah, you can almost hear Kevin winking through the book.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I can hear Kevin winking through every book. <laughs> well,
2: that's true. The, the rustle of the RPG book pages as he finds yet another alien species. I need to Google. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Wikipedia is just constantly open when I'm reading one of Kevin's books. Oh, gosh,
2: yeah. <laughs> I'm not mad about it though. No, no, it's great. But at least here we can just see the aliens. <laughs> yeah, it, it it's better in the comics. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So let's start with Keith. I mean, I mean the 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 whole comic. You know, from the beginning, both Keith and Skier, I feel like it's kind of been this wrestle with darkness, wrestle with the dark side, mm-hmm. um, in a way that maybe only Elzar is doing in the books. Um, or at least to an extent that maybe only Elzar is doing in the books. Um, so the, I feel like the comic is really sort of exploring this. Uh, and even with Avar, I suppose, with teaming up with the Hutts, like really this theme of like, what does it mean to be dark? What does it mean to be mm-hmm. a Jedi? When is it appropriate to sort of like walk that line? Mm-hmm. Really mm-hmm. is sort of, feels like the underlying theme of what they're going for with this series at the very least. Would you agree? Definitely. I think so.
1: And you have, we're not talking about him in either way, but you haven't read, um, the later issues, either right, Danny?
2: Correct. I have not, Correct. so so no spoilers past ten. No spoilers past okay. ten. Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, and I I agree because you've also seen like Avar get pushed more and more against the council, against like all of the calls that she's gotten. You you hear in the book so many people saying, "We don't like this," "We don't like this," and she's like, "Well, it's what I, I have huts. I don't have Jedi, so I got to do this." Mm-hmm. So, what does necessity push our heroes to do in these cases? Or even as they might ask, like um, at the end of Rising and Master Rosacea asks, "Is the are the huts even necessary?" So I love this like nuance that we get here. Whereas the Clone Wars movie, Anakin and Ahsoka meet with Jabba, and they're just like, "Well, this is fine. It's only Anakin's <laughs> space racism that's the problem, right?" Which I mean, I get, but I mean, like, I wish <laughs> they just did that a little more nuance. But anyway, but like, still, this necessity, dark side. I think you put it really well.
1: It's also just necessary to have Avar ride on a Rancor. True. Yeah, (laughs) that
0: definitely, that was 100% necessary. Just because why wouldn't you draw that if you could have the opportunity to draw that?
2: Oh, absolutely. Now, who was was the more satisfying person riding on a Rancor? Boba or Avar?
1: I just wish we would have seen Avar train uh, to ride on it, but, you know... Um... Yeah, I think we had
0: better payoff with Boba on this one, unfortunately, but that also like that's part of the 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 I don't want to call it a curse, but that's sort of the limitation of comics as a medium, right, is Mm -hmm. that they have such limited space to tell the story. And so I think you know it's it's just necessarily a different type of story they're telling, Yeah. Especially and, and maybe an entire Donald. issue of Avar training to learn how to write a rancor <laughs> wouldn't have helped propel the story forward.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I was joking because that was a criticism. No, I know you were. Much. Yeah, okay. <laughs> just stating it.
2: Yeah, it is curious though to hear hear you say how fast. I mean, I feel like the whole the whole High Republic's been a bit on fast forward, mm-hmm. maybe a little more than I'd like. Except except Monster of Temple Peak was, like, our one kind of break in the Galactic Bake Off. But it's curious that, like, I wonder in eight issues, now that you've read the whole first arc, if that's how we can define an eight issue thing. Mm-hmm. What, was there anything either of you two were like, I wish we had more time here a little bit? It's a good question. I think, I mean, I it's been, I, I have the memory of a goldfish
0: when it comes to content <laughs> I've read. But, uh, I, so, like, one thing that I was a little bit surprised by was sort of this offhand comment about how the um, the great progenitor was trapped on a maxine station by the Sith back <laughs> in the day, right? And, like, I, I vaguely remember that maybe this was explored a little more in depth and into the dark, but not enough that it, like, stuck in my memory. Mm. So, that that's, I mean, knowing what we know about the Sith, and maybe maybe that's just kind of a sign of the times that, like, the Sith are just like, oh, yeah, the Sith did this thing at one time. They're a, totally an afterthought for us. But I, I feel like that would have been something I'd be interested in exploring a little mm. more. Of Like, wait, where? what is this origin of the Drengir and how are the Sith tied to this? Should we be a little more concerned about that? Yeah, true.
2: Mm.
1: Phase two is going back 150 years in time. And phase three is going back uh, 300 to see the <laughs> lockdown of the Gear. Excellent, excellent. Okay, then,
0: then I'm set. Yeah, we could finally <laughs> learn where their insatiable desire for meat and meat Mm. only comes from
2: (laughs) (laughs) the most carnivorous beings yeah i i wish like i know they said that phase two is like all this 150 years prior but like a nightmare conjunction miniseries would just be so good right now a nightmare
0: conjunction
2: oh that's in um that's what dooku jedi lost calls the time where it was where they were sealed
0: the ceiling of the Drenge is referred to in Dooku Jedi
2: Lost? Yeah, you kind of have to Dude, put this it together. This is why I have you two
0: on the podcast, because <laughs> these are connections I would never make myself.
2: Yeah, so I think when Saifo and Dooku are talking about the the collection, he refers to Darth Teradine and the nightmare conjunction. And that might I think that's the division that we get of of Kiev when she's like calcifying surrounded by those statues. hmm I think that's what they're referring to there.
0: Okay, that's amazing. Gavin really is playing the long game, isn't he? <laughs> oh yeah.
1: Gavin's just seeding Gear everywhere. Ooh. Like an Nile.
0: <laughs> I mean, if I were in Star Wars, I probably would be as well. I I mean, this is like the fifth or sixth episode where Gear have been like an important plot point, and I'm I'm not tired of them yet.
2: <laughs> oh yeah.
1: I mean, they're done. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm
2: I'm very curious to see cuz the Life Day comic hinted that something might be going on. Edge of Balance. I'm really curious for the second volume next week. At the time of recording,
1: me too.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think I think we've we've sort of seen different iterations of the drug gear, and and this is now where we're finally definitively seeing the conclusion of that story. It was. I thought it was fitting that Reese Silas randomly showed up in the issue, uh, <laughs> but it was also nice that he was there to sort of make the final blow against them.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, it felt kind of random. It it would have felt better with a, a little more spacing out of issues, but I I do love that he got that final tap on him.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I get, it. I, I guess it's kind of to your point there, Chris, too. Like, yeah, maybe more. Th- there were I I like to keep a list of the characters as I'm reading, and there's so many characters that just like showed up for one or two panels in this.
2: Mm-hmm. And I
0: know they're doing the like crossover Easter egg things, but also there's just like there's so many more little stories or, or time
2: that could have been given to those other characters, I feel like. And I think I think, Wreath is one of the ones where I would have loved to see a little more because Out of the Shadows talks about his, like, his excavations with Master Komak mm-hmm. and then just kind of says, well, they happened. <laughs> so suddenly he's on Melita and I'm like, oh, well, I'd like to imagine he's living this big life that I just can't see. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like Wreath Wreath really got his
0: time to shine in, in that first book, and he's really been sort of a side character ever since. Although maybe Midnight Horizon, he's back in the spotlight. Oh man, Midnight Horizon! That's
1: so good, so good. But you haven't read that, and we're not talking about it. So yep. great. <laughs> <laughs> the
2: the one comment I'll make is please, please treat yourself. Do it oh, soon. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's coming. It's good. Don't worry. We're definitely gonna we're gonna do that one for oh. sure. Um. Well, let's see. Who, let me let me pose a loaded question here. Oh, boy. Who's your favorite character in the Marvel comic, The Higher Republic? Hmm. I, you would expect uh, me to say... Skeer, Skeer, but goodness, it's, would you like yeah. to go
1: first? <laughs> well, um, like Skier would probably say himself, it's got to be Keeve. <laughs> <laughs> because and why is that? Keeve just gets the most depth She's she's yeah she's just she's cool she mm-hmm. keeps swearing when she shouldn't and mm-hmm. uh, she's um, yeah yeah i, I think know, man, she's so... just good
2: <laughs> but for now right Before... <laughs> wow <laughs> yeah i love this i love like so i don't know if either of you two saw but kevin said that issue one was kind of a late game edition yeah, but I think that issue really clinches her character arc. To see like, there's something so unique with Kiev in my mind with being a, at the time a Padawan who actually likes her master. Usually, right. of these That's are so many stories. Very rare, yeah. <laughs> it, right, but it's just they're so antagonistic, or just kind of like they're they're both there. They they're teamed up, but you don't get this like dynamic. Especially Both
0: because these. her master is skier and has the methodologies of skier. Uh, yeah.
2: <laughs> like that,
0: that very, very few Padawans that would like just accept that and roll with that. I feel like
2: no in, in like this. Okay. Jump across this cliff here. Well, we'll see if you make it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> turns out I never expected you to.
1: <laughs> oh, skier Loden would be such good friends. Oh
2: gosh. If only we could have had that one a little bit. Mm-hmm. Actually, I love like all of these backstories Skier has that we just we get these little winks at or whatever you call it, issue eight. as It's not a wink. It's something much more prominent than that with Jorah. But
1: Orla. Yeah. Orla. Yeah. Yeah. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah.
0: <laughs> has, that, so has that been paid off yet? Or are we? No, we, I, think, uh, I think
1: that's just it. That's the,
0: entire-
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's the entire thing
0: yeah that's just a prompt for the fanfic writers
2: among us yep. hey, if if you've got that one send us the link <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um so so yeah I, I mean i'm i'm with you i think
0: Eve is clearly the main character and it's, it's just very interesting and, and and watching her battle with the you know what is right and wrong and and, and a, a battle that, like, the adults around her are having, too, and mm. seeing her navigate, I think, is always so interesting. And once again, just highlights that. I think the strength of this whole initiative is the the Padawans of it all. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: <clears throat> and as much as I love the, Pada- the Padawan pack, like, giving Skir this little... Or, I mean, Keeve this room to kind of maneuver on her own. Man, I wish more stories could have had this, like, singular kind of character focus that the comics can get. Yeah. Mm. And later adventure issues, do do that, so I'm not discounting it entirely. I love the series, but I, I we needed a few more main characters in phase one, and I'm glad Keeve was one of them.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree, and and again, it's 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 incredible to me having only read the books until you know until this that like I would not know Keeve existed. Yeah, that's sad. Yeah, like she's I her I think her most prominent role other than this is is in the audio drama, right? And it would be very easy just to be like, oh, a couple aside, Padawan master to like fluff out this opening action sequence, you mm-hmm. know, with their and role she- in
1: that. And she's in one issue of Trail of Shadows. But I think that's not oh, just yeah. her most prominent thing. That's just all of her other appearances, period. Sure.
2: And if you're like me, Tempest Runner, you listen to it, but I can't. There's so much of it I couldn't like tell you just because that's not my that's not my way of listening. Or I can't like process that way that well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got to
1: really sit down with an audiobook.
2: Yeah, and, and, and it's best. not a very, like, friendly, it's not a user-friendly, like, format, period. So I can't wait for the script book to come out in the States in a few weeks.
1: I mean, I, I got the script book, but I, <laughs> I doubt I'll ever touch it. It's just there to look pretty in my cabinet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to, well, I'm I'm going to re-listen to it eventually, eventually, and maybe I'll have the script book with me, like, to page through as I'm listening. I, well, gotta know how they I don't think John. I'm just gonna... What,
2: what did you say? Oh, I gotta know how they spell, spell John. The funniest name in Star Wars. After oh, yeah. Kevin.
1: Uh, I can look that up right now. <laughs> uh, okay, so
0: while, while Wesley's doing some important research for us. <laughs> um, so so why why is your answer not Skier, I guess, would be my, my follow-up question. Hmm. Well, you did tell us to only pick one. It's true I do. Yeah.
1: Like Skier is a very close second. I I don't regret n- naming myself Skier Madness before I ever met him. <laughs> like he's great.
0: Yeah. So so what what do you see as Skier's like like are, are Skier and Keeve on, on sort of parallel paths here? What do you see as the the mm. character journey for
2: Skier here? Ooh.
1: He going to die.
2: <laughs> yeah, I have I have theories based on Fallen Star. Like I promise, it's just based on Fallen Star, but yeah. I may not share him yet, unless you're okay with it. No, please do that big explosion of the Force at the end. Mm-hmm. I'm like, is that is that Skier's big final stand?
1: It's either Skier or Maru.
2: Yeah, either would be tough. Either would be hard, but I just see like Skier saying, like, I, I love the way that Skier is committed to Keef's growth, and even in the scenes when he's most taken over by the Drengeer. He's pushing her, pushing her, pushing her, and I could just see—I could see something happening on the on Starlight when he pushes her one last time and then says, "All right, well, I've done all I can. I'm going to hold this together for now." Yeah, I think that's
0: really—I think that's really legit. I think that is—I I noticed that too. That he's—you know—he's—he's he's, uh, got branches and vines coming out of him on all sides, right? <laughs> and every other word out of his mouth is meat. But mm. in between like uncontrollable yellings of meat, he's, you know, still his number one focus and priority is is teaching. Like, like I think that this is a character who we've seen a lot of Jedi masters, and a lot of them are good masters, but I think this is a, a Jedi master who's a teacher at the heart of mm. it. Mm-hmm. And truly that's what you want when you have a, a, a someone as your personal tutor in the ways of the force, right? Mm-hmm.
2: And yeah I love I love the way that you just get this picture of even when she's knighted he's like okay I have to treat you as a Jedi she notes like he doesn't call her Keeve anymore but Jedi Trennis mm-hmm. but he still can't quite like he's still like for her and I love that because I feel like a lot of the other masters you get this picture they're knighted and it's like alright see you around maybe maybe for Clone Wars when they need to push us together for a free standing issue we'll see each other but bye <laughs> <laughs> Um, that leads me to another question, which was a very,
0: very uh, specific thing that I noticed. Master Chris, Master Trennis, Master Comac, spot the difference. <laughs> Why does he go by his first name?
1: That is funny. Well, because he's not a major character in this book and no one knows he's name is finest. Like True probably just just that for simplicity's sake
0: i don't like that answer but i will accept it
1: (laughs) it's an out of universe answer so
0: yeah no it is a good it is a good answer it just it it stuck out to me as someone who knows him as comac (laughs) vitus stuck out like a sore thumb when i read that i was like what 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 are you doing but i guess skier is the same way but does skier have a last name
2: probably a bunch of unintelligible like slithering sounds (laughs)
0: yeah
2: (laughs) Master Lizard sounds <laughs> just doesn't doesn't have the same ring to it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Anyway, it's Jon. J O N. Oh, there we lo- go. I love the High Republics. Just like this is an Earth name. We're not even joking.
1: I mean Luke. Well, yeah. Well. True.
2: <laughs> yeah, but I feel
0: like Jon is especially an Earth name. Like, is there any more Earth person
2: than uh, Garfield's owner, John? That is a good point. If you just pulled a hundred white men in America, probably half of them would be John.
1: But with an H.
2: Yeah, true. <laughs> I say that as a Chris, I guess, but hey.
0: Um, if Ben Urso were here, he'd get mad that it's so close
2: to John, because there's already two of those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is funny. That is a funny one to have repeated.
1: Not counting Ram Jamaram.
2: Oh my gosh! Love Ram. Um, I
0: also loved Doctor Ginnol. Oh,
2: who's just a big no. old
0: snake who's a doctor?
2: Mm-hmm. As you do. <laughs> well, it you know the snake is the is the symbol for healing. you know it's it's I mean, space it Asclepius. But, yeah, I love I love. this is one of those things. I made the joke earlier about Legends. Every alien has the same job. Every non-human alien gets the same job. Mm-hmm. But here's one. Like, you get the tempter for Savage Press, but now you got a doctor. Like you run Ooh, the are those two gamut. the same species, do you think? I I wonder. I think maybe. I don't remember. I wasn't, if... I wasn't
0: getting quite as many Garden of Eden vibes from this doctor, <laughs> but perhaps that could just be the context of the situation.
2: True. <laughs> Never know what they did before their medical career.
0: <laughs> right. Slash, the Scott isn't currently trying to force a biblical <laughs> allegory on us.
2: <laughs> at least as far as I can tell. Not as far as we can tell, no. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, so yeah, I love the Doctor. I kind of, I just kind of love the um, the Starlight crew. I feel like at one point it was this Doctor who's a giant steak, uh Oberlin who's just literally a blob in a spacesuit, and then uh, Maru, who I don't actually know what species Maru is, but Another just great alien design.
1: Mm-hmm. kasurian Don't quote me on that.
2: <laughs> I'm tweeting it right now. Cassurian? <laughs> uh, yeah, you're right. Wow. What, what is a Kasurian
1: it, It's an Estala Maru. Yeah.
2: This is why we need the. This is why we need the upcoming uh, visual alien. Rise from- of
1: Skywalker alien. That's cool. Oh, that is cool.
2: Where where did they appear in Rise of Skywalker? Oh, background yeah yeah I haven't seen it since January 2020, so <laughs> this is where I would drop off, yeah, same <laughs> TBH I, th-
1: I think I saw it once on Disney plus. Oh
0: <laughs> you're, the, you're the expert among us then <laughs> A Kasirian dance troupe was present at the Akiyaki Festival of the ancestors. okay, I like that scene. I might go back and watch that see if I can find them. but yeah. anyway, point being I just this is the greatest like trio of characters, and I would like to hang out with them. mm-hmm.
2: If anything, I do love the way that the insider short stories in the Marvel comics actually got us on Starlight, because it didn't feel it actually fleshed it out a little bit. Otherwise, there's a lot of places that we've been to that I couldn't tell you much about, but at least Starlight has some sort of life from the comics.
1: Yeah, I, f- yeah. I think you touched on that in the Fallen Star episode, didn't you? Like, oh, we're on Star, we're on Starlight, it's exploding, but no one really has a connection to Starlight. If you're right, just we were, haven't spent much time here, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, That's
0: true. I do. And it took like every time we're on Starlight, like I'm not in my brain thinking, oh, we're on Starlight, you know. Um, And again, this just comes with my chronological experience here. Like Starlight's already done and gone. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Except it's not. It's here and and this is what it's for. And so it's cool. Yeah, it's cool to kind of see it in action.
2: Well, and even I love when the 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 current run of Star Wars is like we're going to call this Operation Starlight, named after the beacon that explode after about three humanitarian efforts.
1: <laughs> I did not even make that <laughs> connection.
2: <laughs> did did they actually like lampshade it like that? No, no, but they they were like, hey, this is we're going to call this after Starlight, and now with the whole of Phase One, I'm like, oh well, went just as well as Starlight did, I think. <laughs>
1: It's like naming your ship Titanic.
2: <laughs> Without any hint of irony. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, it's a bold move. Yeah. I mean
0: Starlight's such a generic name. Like there's gotta be there there must have been like in the years after Starlight Crash, like a lot of people just like quietly, subtly renaming their personal starships.
2: Oh sure. <laughs> I like to think that even Grumpy Astala had another name. Like what he referred to her as but Such know. as well, I just love this like this trope of grumpy old grandpas having like <laughs> that thing that they really love their car, you know, their boat. I just like to imagine that with a stala. It's my I, I don't afford myself many headcanons because I'm boring. That's just one of them.
0: <laughs> okay, so what you're saying is that Starlight Beacon is a stala Maru's midlife crisis. <laughs>
2: Well, yeah. maybe a little closer to end the of life fits. crisis, but
0: <laughs> sure. He th- he's thinking it's midlife as so <laughs> far as Stalin knows. Right, a midlife <laughs> crisis that becomes the end of life catalyst. Yeah. <laughs> Oof. We've all been there, right? Yeah, well,
1: hopefully I, not. Hopefully not. <laughs>
0: um, I loved seeing uh, Stalin and Avar together on screen. Yeah. Um, and I love that we're now seeing again, this this is kind of a fun part of the order I've read this, because like in Fallen Star, we learn about the fact that they've been fighting a lot, which is not alluded to at all in the other books. Hmm. Um and I'm kind of like, why? Like, why are they fighting? They're friends, they're kind of on the same page, and then to see like, oh, I see your friends out here like fighting with the huts. And you're out here trying to get this big fair ready. So, of course, she's annoyed with you because her project feels a lot more important than, like, let's throw a fair. But then, of course, you're annoyed with her because everything goes to shit at the fair and you're just, like, nowhere to be contacted. So, like, again, providing that context of what's going on elsewhere, recontextualized Rising Storm for me a little bit where I'm like, oh, yeah, your annoyance with each other is a little justified.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Because there is a line. I just read the second half of Rising Storm this morning. So there's a line where Stellan just goes, Man, if Avar was here, we wouldn't need a comm link. She could just bring us all together. And you're like, Yeah, it would have yeah. been nice. But then you've got Avar on top of her Rancor saying, Man, if we just had Stellan's lightsaber flipping skills, that would be pretty cool. <laughs> And no spoilers, but I
0: really hope that we see in the last five issues here, we see the pressure of that get to Avar some more. Because that's been hinted at a little bit too. And we totally see Stella just like at his wit's end in The Rising Storm or in Fallen Star. But like, I feel like Avar's got to be feeling that stress too of like, you're this famous Jedi and you're considered the most powerful. And so you really need to be positioning yourself to be at the place where you're needed most at all times. And how are you supposed to know that? And also that's the entire galaxy because there's bad stuff happening everywhere. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, it's called the High Republic because they've got a long way to fall. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) Ouch.
0: (laughs) And it turns out that the fall of the High Republic is just due to individuals overburdening themselves
2: with unreasonable expectations. Gosh, if the Jedi could just learn how to put up a boundary or two... We might be in a different situation right now. The Jedi
1: would just go to therapy or something.
2: Yeah, uh, at least it's not relatable for us at all. No. Mm-mm, mm-mm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love I love having like elder millennials writing these stories because I'm like, oh, oh, I get you get me. I love me some waru, but man. Jedi who need therapy. <laughs> that speaks to me.
0: Oh man, I had not thought about that, but that's such a good point of like the generation of the authors having an impact on like the the type of stories being told. Like well, early legends is clearly like late boomers, early Gen X type storytelling.
2: Whereas <laughs> now we are very obviously at the tired millennial stage of st- storytelling. I, I can just see like we have a a one off where like Farzala is trying to buy a house. But then they're like, oh, but I bought space avocado toast. Oh no. <laughs> that would be if the Gen Xers were writing the millennial characters. Though. <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, well, their reign so of Star Oh, it's going to be
1: so chaotic in 20 years. Oh, the post Yeah, can you
0: imagine Gen Z Star Wars?
1: It's going to be queer, at least.
0: That's true. Very true. That's true. Yeah. I mean, this is pretty good. Actually, that's a good segue. So. I have really complicated feelings on classifying Sarah and Tarek as queer representation. Mm, hard same, and I'm curious to yeah, curious to hear your thoughts on that.
1: Um, I don't know if you've touched on it in a previous episode. I have not listened to it, but that's okay. No, like... None of us have either, <laughs> <laughs> or read Fair. the book, right? <laughs> Fair, but like it's kind of signifying that. I didn't realize that one of them gets referenced with uh, they pronouns in issue two until like some racist whack job made it and fuss over it on Twitter like two months later. Right. Like mm-hmm. I just did didn't even catch it. And I'm like it, it, it's a cool it's a cool moment because um, who was it? Uh, Vern. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Vernestra. Uh, references to uh, to them as he and um, Avar immediately corrects her. But like, it's such a snap situation. And that's really it for representation, mm. as far as they're concerned, because almost all of the other times they get referred to as they, it's because, well, they're two characters who are the same,
2: mm-hmm.
1: like they're non-binary because they are a binary of characters
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's and I also don't really love that they like they're the ancillary characters that are the only ones who are in real mortal peril you know like during these issues we know Keeve's not gonna die we know A- Avar's not gonna die Skier is gonna die but not until the last issue but <laughs> but like Tarek and Sarah are always this like Schrodinger's queers like mm. they're Are they going to live this issue? Are they going to die? And like, it's very imperative. Like they, this trade paper just ends on a shot of one of them being calcified. Like, Mm -hmm. yay. Thanks for the representation.
0: Yeah. 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 I feel that as well. I think that's a good summation of sort of what I was thinking. Um, I really, I I forgot about that moment that you mentioned of, of, avar correcting vernester on the pronouns and on the surface of it i actually do really like it because like that's the kind of thing i would like to normalize because
2: mm-hmm.
0: i yes of course obviously the ideal is for everyone to always get everyone's pronouns correct 100 percent of the time but the reality is that we're humans and we're conditioned to think certain pronouns and like that's just not going to happen and like for me personally like my favorite situation is when someone else corrects for me and a not a big deal is made and we all just move on yeah Like, I would love to see that normalized more and for that to just always be the situation when, you know, when mispronouncing does happen. So, like, that on the surface is great. But I agree, like, the fact that they've, it's unclear whether these they, them pronouns are happening because there's two of them or because either or both of them refer to themselves as non binary. And it's reinforced at the end of issue 10 when uh, Mm -hmm. one of them, and I'm sorry, I'm doing the thing that all the characters do. I don't remember which one, (laughs) but one of them, uh, starts referring to themselves as I because they've lost their connection to the link is broken. their sibling. Yeah. yeah. And so again, it's what's Sorry. reinforcing. The reason we're using this plural pronoun is because there are two of us, not mm-hmm. because it's a gender neutral pronoun that because we identify that way. I don't know. It's, it's, it's tricky. It feels like kind of an easy out almost.
2: Yes. And I don't like, I'm just, okay. So put all cards on the table as a cishet guy. I'm like, no, you're, you're a token Ooh. for the episode, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like for me, like have, I have the pride cover on my wall with a bunch of my other high Republic Jedi varying covers. Mm-hmm. And I think until then, I don't know if it landed for me that this was what they were supposed to be. And honestly, I just, just put everything on the table again, Avar correcting the pronouns, like almost threw me even more in terms mm. of what type of pronoun is this. Because in la- both in Last Shot and Doctor Afra with Kofon Ferris, just Ooh. the characters know. Like, there's none of that like mis misgendering, mispronouncing, and so I'm like, this is a really kind of different for me to see, like this actual correction when all the other characters kind of know from the start. Yeah. So I don't know if I had a bigger point about that just to say like,
0: "Ah." no, I I mean, I think that's to to really get in the weeds in this one little moment. Like, I think that's an interesting question of like, what is this, what is the norm in the star Wars galaxy? Like uh, this is obviously a conversation that hasn't been had at, at the higher up levels, but like Mm -hmm. um, do all like, are all pronouns normalized? And so beings are not conditioned to think one or the other, or is there still some sort of binary that we assume you know, if we're going by the canon that's been set up by the last 30 years, pretty much every species in the galaxy has a binary sex physiology yeah. <laughs> that correlates with their pronouns. Um, so, yeah, I think that's that's an interesting
2: thing to ponder. And I wonder if, like, there's two cases that have really kind of accidentally challenged it, maybe. <laughs> and that's the Twi'leks and Book of Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. And then I know there's been a few others in comics before. But then, uh, I can't remember the name of the Jedi, the, the Rent-A-Car employee on Starlight from Out of the Shadows. Oh,
1: I know this. oh boy. The Nuberon. gaseous cloud. Nuberon.
2: Yeah. They they also... I'm wondering... I had the same questions. Is this in... Yeah. How does... Yeah.
0: Hang on. Is there a gaseous cloud <laughs> character that uses
2: they, them pronouns? Yeah. In, in Out of the Shadows... Kind of early on, so um I'm... I that must
0: have totally gone over my head. And once again I'm conflicted between A those are my personal gender goals, so like that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but B,
2: why does that have to be our non-binary rep? <laughs> yeah. This yeah. is this is when we can push for Higher Republic adventures again with Cantum Sai. Phantom
1: Psy. Oh,
2: they're so great.
1: Why haven't you read Midnight Horizon yet, Danny? Like They've got it's such coming. a big part. It's, They're so amazing.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm really excited, especially seeing all the hyping you've done for it. <laughs> um, and and I mean, just a thing to note about that is that I know that there was a that that character was mispronounced in the book, and and the speed at which it was corrected by the publishers and by everyone on board was just like again.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I know. Props that. to
2: publishing for being able to do this shit correctly. <laughs> uh, American publishing, I think, because Wesley, I know you've pointed out sometimes where it gets nonsense over there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's it's kind of hard over here because you've got a language barrier, of course. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I, I love English so much. Like, they and pronouns, inject them into my veins. <laughs> like, <laughs> because we don't have that over here in the Netherlands and in other countries, like, every word is gendered and it's such a hassle. So I... I, I get that some translators are like, well, I'm not going to bother with that, but, like, that is your job. Mm, Literally. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to invent language again. Well, you kind of have to if you (laughs) want to accurately translate this book. So, like, snap to Uh, it.
2: (laughs) Immutable language. The one thing set in stone that cannot change. Uh, Anything else to say on pronouns or gender in the
0: galaxy far, far away?
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, like, I, I don't... I do want to, like, clarify that. I don't mind, like, the fact that we have Tarak and Sarat and Nuberon. Because we also have Cantum and uh, Kofan Ferris in the bu- in the comics. And, like, various others. Yeah. it's it, uh, You can have a wacky alien non-binary. Just also have, like, actual representation I can relate to. Mm-hmm yeah
0: and i I think that's an important point actually is that there is it isn't just these like if it was just the twins and the gaseous cloud i'd I'd certainly be more annoyed because that feels very tokenizing and also (laughs) like that's not like you said that's not something i can relate to but the fact that there are other relatable ones too like that that then is actually more fun because not only do i get the the character i can relate to but i also get some some fun characters too Mm -hmm. that um I can joke about
2: <laughs> yeah suddenly the aliens don't carry the experience of everybody yes but can yeah. just be part of the roster
1: I yeah. can be a gas cloud if I want to but I don't have to be yeah
2: <laughs> that is very true
0: Um, I wrote the sentence Drengear as a metaphor for mental health and I don't remember mm. why on earth I said that but anyways I'm, that's, just, uh, that's just gonna be the whole point I think Drengear as a metaphor for <laughs> mental health <laughs>
2: That's a good starting point, though. It's a it's a good prompt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go. Yeah, go.
1: I mean, Keef does go have to does have to go into her mind to find and defeat them.
2: And then they become the most creepy, invasive thoughts. Yeah, actually, manipulative, invasive thoughts. So the definition yeah, that
1: actually almost overcome her and yeah.
0: Yeah, I think that's actually probably where I was... Because, yeah, there, there's, like, an t- element of mindfulness to their ability to finally be able to defeat them, right? Because mm-hmm. the, the just hacking at them over and over, hacking, 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 <laughs> was not the solution. Who'd have thought? Even though Avar Chris seemed to think, let's just get more Jedi, more lightsabers in here, we'll just keep on hacking, and eventually we'll we'll get this thing solved.
2: Yeah. Well, and it's well. such a nuanced take compared to Into the Dark, where it was just like, let's reset up the idols, and then leave. <laughs> Right.
1: It's fine Com- like this.
2: <laughs> yeah. But here there's this like there's actually a cost. And I think that's something that's missing from a lot of this like faceless, nameless, motivationless villain of twenty first century storytelling. Where there's no real cost to beating the villain. But Skeve, or Keeve and skier really Skeet. they really pay to beat them. Yeah.
0: And then they just brought them back to Starlight Beacon. Nothing well, going wrong I there. I do
1: like that the Jedi end up defending the Drengir from mm-hmm. extinction. Actually, because yes, maybe like mental health issues, they they still exist. They're a part of the galaxy of us. So like we learn to live with it by locking it away very deeply, but <laughs> like <laughs> don't don't try to annihilate it altogether.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. So, so putting the Dren gear uh, away on Starlight Beacon is a metaphor for me taking Adderall every morning. Is what you're saying? <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: okay.
0: Great.
2: Excellent. And if you want to push the metaphor, I mean, it's they get out a few times, so <laughs> mm. there's always going to be that living with, mitigating, and kind of. But I love, I love the comparison of Kiev and Skier compared to like Emry and Vernestra, where Vernestra is like, I'm going to whip them all. And then Keeve is like, oh, what if we save them, though? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, we, we see... I mean, this is, again, sort of Keeve's theme of, like, trying to figure out what the Jedi way is, what the darkness is, but but I think this is a good example. And then in the next couple issues, uh, you know, being confronted with whether to, whether to kill the hut or not. Mm-hmm. And again, I have to give Keeve credit because if I were in a situation like that and you stuck uh, pretty much anyone in front of me who has i don't know voted a certain way advocated Mm. for certain policies in recent past (laughs) i'd probably just elect to keep my cover and
2: stick a lightsaber in them yeah if you hand me a big ass hammer i don't know what i would do every time yeah Yeah, and i love i love this this thought where my arga just can't read the room yeah (laughs) and she's like okay do you know who you have in front of you and I can, you just hear Kiev going like, oh, okay. Well, if you want the hammer. <laughs> we were doing a whole thing here, my Arga. Oh,
1: Could gosh. you not? No, no. Okay. All right. All right. No, no, she's not gonna. She wouldn't. She did. She did.
0: Yep. <laughs> um, we also, to add to our list of uh, Keev vocabulary words, we now have Shuta, S-C-H-U-T-T-A
1: i feel like that's from somewhere else
0: is it from somewhere else
1: i don't quote me um
2: <laughs> i wondered if it was a play on ichuta a little bit oh maybe kind of a it's also cousin. a
1: weasel like animal indigenous to rile off
2: okay. oh great <laughs> well, i guess, it's great. Twi- I guess I we insult. go around saying oh rats <laughs>
1: so yeah but it's it's um, used as a, a, a twilight insult okay i love that apparently.
0: also it comes it's the same root as the word hut so that's great oh yeah
2: <laughs> it's a is so cultured everybody's swear words enter her lexicon yeah yeah,
0: yeah that, that's a good way good way to think about it she's uh she's she's got a diversity of swears from across <laughs> the
2: galaxy <laughs> you've got orla learning all the different like groupings of species and right next door is Kiev like, practicing her swears from, like, yeah. the deepest corners of the galaxy.
0: <laughs> hey, everyone's got a strength. Everyone's got a hobby. <laughs> you know, I'm it's happy. important to foster that, that love of, of different things. Um, speaking of Orla, love her. don't get me wrong. Orla's great. R.I.P. Miss her to death. What is the point of being a Jedi Wayseeker if you're just going to always hang out with the Jedi Order anyways? <laughs> uh,
2: the spooky ghost girl of my dreams. <laughs> that is a good question, though, because Into the Dark makes Way Seeking seem pretty cool. Yeah. And then here, she's just like, I'll hang out. Well, why? And Fallen Star, too.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> At least Fallen you know, Star gave her a different role on the ocean
1: planet. I mean, it's not really different, because like when Orla shows up uh, to uh, Kiev, she also says she came specifically for Kiev because she's oh, kind of losing her way. Same way, Elzar was. I could not think of the horny, horny man's <laughs> name. But.
2: Or Orla is the true pole star of the High Republic.
1: I mean, honestly, <laughs> kinda, a little bit.
2: Yeah.
0: I, I, she kind of just strikes me as like, uh, the the people that like don't want to work for a company. So instead, they just become an independent contractor, but then just always independently contract with that same company.
2: <laughs> it's like an exclusive contract. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. It's like, yeah, I don't want to be part of your evil organization, but I still like all your people. So I'm going to hang out, but it's on my terms. Yeah. <laughs> my I, I, I could
2: leave <laughs> if I wanted. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah.
1: Every tomorrow or the day after. or
2: it, it always just becomes tomorrow every day. Yeah. Mm hmm. But yeah, Orla would be another one I would just loved a little more, a few more stories with, I think. Especially the white lightsabers. I mean, I love this way that design can speak to stories that we haven't seen, just by giving her white lightsabers. Mm -hmm. There's something there, and I'd love to go back to that. Do you think, so, totally veering off course here, do you think the 150 year
0: jump is going to, do you think Phase 2 is going to cover 150 years that we're going to get some pre-stories for these characters we know and love? Or is it going to no. be very confined to kind of the same
2: way this was confined to one little nugget of time? It's a little year and a half. You think? I think, Wesley, you just said no, right?
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be like, very thematic setup. I don't think we're going to go all the way to, like, young Avar stuff. Mm-hmm. We'll see some of the older ones, like Sav Maligan, As a but... little baby. Oh. <laughs>
2: Yeah, that's
0: my guess, too. And I think that that's... That's good. I think it would be a little... I think we'd tire of it quick if they were just shoehorning in younger versions of all these characters. Yeah.
1: yeah I think I only... also
0: just really need some YA author to write the story of, of the trio <laughs> as Padawans, oh please. Gosh, please. you yeah, would like, Give be that.
1: Why not? Like, Phase 2 is already stepping back. So, And you've got, like, eight offers now. Or n- mm-hmm. nine. Yeah. So... so when some of them are doing proper phase two, I would not mind a book or two, like just taking a step back less than 150 years ago.
0: I would love that too. Yeah. And like every single one of these books ends up on
2: the New York Times bestseller list. So <laughs> there's no <laughs> reason to stop Star Wars, them, Just
1: give us more books. Right. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and I, I, okay. I understand that this next sentence, some people are going to go, dude, really? But like, there weren't a ton of books relative to the whole span of the publishing initiative for phase one dude really i know i know (laughs) i deserve (laughs) that (laughs) so i'm just like if they want to in okay this is this is where it gets really like grown inducing i'm almost like i wish we had one or two more in phase one maybe of each type i
0: i agree with that not because of the um, a feeling of a lack of stories, but just because I wish that we had had more time with this, yeah. this
2: era. I feel like there's more to explore. There's so much. So, I'm just thinking with Phase 2, if it stays around this... W- yeah, Phase 2. If it stays around the same kind of length, they don't have time to bounce around. Right. Oh. yeah. But, way. I mean, also, I guess,
0: thinking long, long game, they're saying we've got three phases, so, you know, by 2025, we've wrapped The Higher Public, but the, were we then just done with The Higher Public forever?
2: No. no way.
0: I doubt it. Yeah. So, I think I think that the
2: door is always open to come back and revisit any of these eras with stories. That's the thing that stinks about losing the the Adventures line from IDW. And maybe maybe Dark Horse will pick it back up in a way. But the most I don't know how many people have noticed this because IDW doesn't want to talk to talk to about it. But there was a backup story in Adventures number 14 starring Deva Lampop. And missing out on adventures, you just get those little bits of stories. And, man, it's it stinks. What was the name you said? Deva Lompop? Yeah. So, oh. Okay, so. <laughs> Deva was a big character in the War of the Bounty Hunters.
1: Okay, I'm a happy right there. Not really. She, 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 was, <laughs> yeah. she was the narrative <laughs> tissue between the the side stories.
2: Yeah. Well, and I can't say any more until phase 3 wraps or wave 3 wraps up. But I'll, my point then just back up a little bit is Adventures gave us backup stories from the High Republic and I'm sad we're going to lose out on that and I hope they find got some it. way to replace that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I will say if you want to read all of the High Republic stories, Adventures number 6 and 14, you got to you got to get those. You got to read those.
0: Okay, noted. <laughs> Well, so, are, are either of you ever going to publish the complete consumer's guide to every single High Republic media that's ever been released? Because I could, I think I could use that.
2: <laughs> Wouldn't it be nice?
1: <laughs> the backup for picks um, is collected in the first uh, trade back for High Republic Adventures.
2: Oh, that's right. So you do oh, have it. Nice.
1: It's collected twice, like once in the normal Adventures line and one in the High Republic line, which is kind of weird. Makes sense. Yeah. I'll roll with it.
0: Speaking of characters who have funny names, I'm, I'm moving us forward here. Uh, Nurin Bakarakana, who I love every time There's the name no shows up. You said I'm that right. so grateful to
2: have gotten a visual for this character. Yes, when the name takes up the full page length in the trade yeah. paperback of <laughs> Rising
0: Storm. Yeah, yeah. Love that character. Love that they're just a cat cat person.
2: Yeah. Um. There's also a raccoon on Molita.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, was that a raccoon or was uh was that a bunny? Oh. You're the zoologist. <laughs> I mean The Porcologist.
0: At first I thought that its name was Nagnal, but then I realized that no, Nagnol is the poison that they're spreading everywhere. <laughs> um oh, on, that... on Zeis. Yeah, oh, we're on different planets here, my bad. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah Mulita's a your planet, but this is a Nile.
0: Wait, so who's the raccoon on Molita? Did I miss that?
2: It was a big splash page right when it, Skier is arguing with Myarga and Myarga goes, "Oh, I thought Jedi were never alone." And Skier goes, "This isn't the time to debate semantics." And right on the bottom of that page there's like a raccoon.
0: What? <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to look for
2: it. Talk about raccoons while I'm scrolling. Here. <laughs> <laughs> it was a it was a second printing variant cover for the issue too. Oh, what? <laughs> yeah Wesley do you have any kind of favorite funny aliens from this gearer <laughs> <laughs> fair fair
1: <laughs> there's there is the Nile with the long neck
2: oh the the, the, yeah, one, the uh, oh, 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 one.
1: hostage neck so big it takes up a folded up lightsaber
2: <laughs> yeah that one does that one was pretty fun I always wonder how you put your armor on over a neck like that do you just have to let it fall for like 30 seconds yeah <laughs>
0: I mean, hopefully, hopefully you get some custom armor, right? You know... Who's... Has, Yar- has Yariel Poof ever gone into battle? <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, but Yariel would love to go into battle based on Light He of is a, a warmonger. <laughs> Yariel's just, like, waiting, hands on the lightsaber going, just point me at him. <laughs> please, please, let's just fast forward to the prequel trilogy. I want war! <laughs> um... Another,
0: uh, let's see, other other small notes here. Uh, I, of course, have to point out the, the sentence, much like the symbiotic relationship between the she-shock tree and the char ant on Kashyyyk. Mm. No further commentary needed. Yeah. It's a uh, and then also the last swan. thing that I wanted to point out was that Lorda D, when she rolled in, her crew was all wearing sunglasses. <laughs> and it kind of felt like it was straight out of Greece
2: and I loved it. <laughs> Oh, I thought the sir- Squirtle Squad. To be honest,
1: <laughs> I was thinking, see as I like take off the sunglasses. Yeah,
2: <laughs> looks like the playing field's about to drop sunglasses. Get leveled. God. Oh, God.
0: <laughs> well, you're gonna make my look at me and learn a uh... D pun <laughs> seem a lot less a, a lot more benign now. <laughs>
2: I just, I had no idea I needed to see Dr. Uttersand in sunglasses until this. It's so good, right? Because it's not about, it's not about the creatures that they're wearing the sunglasses. Right. <laughs> it's just for cool It's literally factor. just more War, Lorna's crew. Yeah. Yeah. I, I
0: mean, Also, I didn't realize, I must, again, me with details, not great, but I, I must have missed that Zetar, like, is just lives in like a little floaty tank. Oh, is that
2: like his whole thing in the book and I just totally forgot? I have some questions about Zitar that come from volume three. So. Okay, we'll save that. Yeah. Oh, um, and Halcyon Legacy number one. Just as another note. I love anytime
0: Zitar shows up because I can only hear him with his uh, Tempest Rudder voice, which is Blue <laughs> Shadow Virus guy. Oh, that's right.
2: That's so funny. And it was very fitting for the way that he was written in this particular issue, I have to say. There are some voices from Tempest Runner that just got it. Not the Nihil, but there were some voices that just got
0: it. The Nihil remains (laughs) only in Tempest Runner. Thank you very much. Um, I think that's everything that I had sort of of pointed out from these. Again, it's it's just like an odd series of issues to talk about. So... uh, Sorry to bring you on for like one of the most disjointed uh, episodes, but um, any other any other thoughts or uh, reactions,
2: feelings that you wanted to talk about from the Higher Republic issues six through ten? Well, if I could just do like a quick like housekeeping one, if yeah. you thought this was a weird trade paperback, the next one finishes the series and has the two part Eye of the Storm miniseries. Yeah,
1: it's massive.
2: <laughs> so
0: oh okay that makes sense i was wondering where that was gonna end up
2: because because these trades are five issues which is in my experience at least pretty weird compared to almost any other series mm-hmm. and now we know it's because there's only 15 issues sadly
0: yeah i have i've, I've actually just been i've been reading them on marvel unlimited myself but mm. um i uh I'm, I'm waiting for the omnibus for these because you know they're gonna do it right I hope so. Some Man. version of an omnibus is going to happen, and so I've I've learned my lesson. Instead of buying the individuals and buying the trades and buying the omnibus, I'm just going to wait. <laughs> well, wait. Are you
2: saying those of us who do that, or <laughs> no? I'm just <laughs> no. saying that I like to. I like I like groceries personally. <laughs> <laughs> when I, oh, that was about to sound like a real. Privilege statement, but as I was about to say when I when I realized how many issue number ones I have, I'm like, oh.
0: No, I love that. I this is I'm I'm actually with both of you in that this is one of the few Star Wars at this point where I'm still collecting all the physical media, um, because i just I think it's so fun that we have a literary driven Star Wars, <sighs> both so because bad. I've just very recently. Um, sworn off all visual star wars until further notice (laughs) Mm -hmm. so i still get to live in this world which is nice um but also just because like the books have always felt have or at least since the disney takeover the books have have felt a little bit second fiddle until this and it's really nice that they're leading the charge here
2: i think that's worth celebrating yeah that's a good point because i'm i'm literally sitting right next to my bookshelf right now and i'm like how many of these really kind of got this the the airtime that they deserve and it's like none Mm -hmm. I just complained about Ronan the other day, falling so far under the radar. And if you have not read Ronan, please, please. Read Ronan. Emma is one of those authors that based on the strength of this one, anything else that they write, I'm in like just automatically. Yeah.
1: I barely read outside of Star Wars, but like her next book, it's going to be mine. Mm -hmm. Archive on Dying out next year.
2: next year with everything else
1: yeah
2: <laughs> but cool
0: well in that case uh it's time for the plugs <laughs> what do you want to plug
2: uh chris you can go first well i write for my manor and i'm doing a cough cough bi-weekly <laughs> series going through all of the legends novels and i just hit the new jedi order Rip. Which is, gosh, <laughs> some of it's really good and some of it I'm like, oh my god, thank God this is not the current canon because I don't know if I'd be here. <laughs> so I'd love to love to jo- have people join that. I my hope was that a lot of people who read the legends can be like joining in on this because I want to connect all the stories pretending they were written in chronological order. Mm. Cause there's a lot of there's a lot of fun stuff when you kind of see these accidental connections. And yeah, so that's that's kind of my biggest contribution is the biweekly legendary adventures. I do High Republic reviews and I usually pare them down. My my last one for Fallen Star, I think hit a thousand words and I cut two thousand. So damn, love to see once the spoiler period's up, which is so nebulous for novels. But (laughs)
1: yeah, what spoiler period is up?
2: I think it is. It's been over a month. Yeah. Midnight Horizon, I won't... You got a few weeks. Fallen Star, I'm just ready to... I I would love to see. I just... I don't like... It's something that you're saying, Danny. Just, like, I don't like the way that novels just fall so quickly because Mm -hmm. we can't talk about them. It's the same with comics, like no one no one can read at the same time that everyone like some people are reading at 6 a.m. and then posting the final page like oh yeah i'm not even conscious thank you
1: <laughs> yeah but also some people are waiting for the trades
2: yeah, well exactly yeah yeah the way people consume the literary media
0: is just different from tv shows specifically which kind of are the thing right now right where everyone has watched it within 24 hours pretty much yeah. who wants to talk about it anyways
1: yeah and everyone posts spoilers immediately right yeah right Complaints about
2: the wrong stuff but well that's why we have star wars book club podcasts (laughs) amen
0: well that's basically what chris is saying is that if you like rogue pattern but you wish that an entire season was like much 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 shorter and and much more focused on the actual books you should read his articles
2: (laughs) (laughs) or listen to the courtship novel series i think i think that one earned its classic status Thank you.
0: Thank you. Yeah, I think that's our one platinum season at this point.
1: Wesley, <laughs> uh, what about you? Uh, well, I'm mostly contained to Twitter, uh, at ScareMadness, with double S. And uh, my other thing, uh, at QueersWatch, Watch, where I go through every Star Wars book, or comic, or TV show, and list the queer characters, which are thankfully kind of getting to be common in the books.
0: Let's just say that you have more material to work with than your namesake.
1: Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Not, uh, yeah.
2: Wait, is it, isn't your account inspired by Veer's watch?
1: Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: I was like, well, yeah.
2: thank Thankfully, that balance is tipped, sort of. Lately. Well, he,
1: he, he got his one win this year, so
2: he did. <laughs> yeah, and, and honestly, one for the year is like impressive That's for Veer's watch. So. <laughs> a name drop is significant in that camp yeah truly
0: <laughs> awesome well well thank you both for coming on and, and chatting uh high republic i'm glad we've got a chance to to do that i've been wanting to, to chat about this stuff with you to you both for a while now so this was fun yeah thanks um, for inviting us rogue pattern is rogue pattern on all the rogue pattern things um and uh next up on high republic uh, is mission to disaster Yes. And then I think
2: right after that we'll hit Midnight Horizon because it sounds like we can't wait much longer. So those yes. oh, yeah. are all
0: coming soon.
2: You're in for a good. are in for a good time. These next couple of High Republics. I I'm very excited. Yeah. Um, but until then, this is the part where I say,
0: "We are all the Republic." Nice. Take that, Rogue Pod. <laughs> um britney spears happens perfect and britney
1: Spears doesn't happen live oh no <laughs>
0: oh she can you just you you have to be the one to make it happen you have to be the admin yeah or be willing to sing for all of
1: us mm. that's true i'm not feeling that toxic <laughs>
0: <laughs> think the maker <laughs>